Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 150 of Brewers on Tap. That's right, 150 episodes. We're doing so many special things for this episode. We've got cake coming in later. We've got some streamers and some balloons, and I'm actually making that up. It is episode 150, though, and we're glad that we've been around for this long. It's been fun. All right, let's jump into things with the crew over the past week. The Brewers, of course, going to New York last week, taking two of three from the Mets, and they've taken two of three uh, to start this four-game series out with the Colorado Rockies, the final game of the series coming up this afternoon. So the crew currently sits at 17-15 and 15 overall. They are four games back of the Cardinals in the NL Central, one game back of the Cubs. The Cardinals are red hot. They've won five in a row and nine out of their last ten. They have the best record in the National League. In fact, they have the best record in baseball right now at 20-10. and 10. But the crew is still right where they need to be, getting through this tough April schedule. May is going to be a tough schedule as well. Every month's a tough schedule in Major League Baseball, but the crew still in good position to strike as they continue to play better baseball moving forward, getting some better pitching overall right now out of the rotation, which is impacting the bullpen a little bit too. Everything that I just said, though, notwithstanding last night's game, because, of course, last night, a tough contest for the crew. Just minutes before this game getting underway, Chase Anderson had a callus essentially pop open. He wasn't going to be able to pitch. He had to go on the injured list literally minutes before the game started. Jacob Barnes had to rush out to the bullpen. He had to get himself loose. And Corbin Burns, who is going to be activated for Thursday's game, gets activated, ends up having to pitch on Wednesday night. Just a tough night overall for the crew on the mound. But for the most part, you go back over the last week or so, this pitching staff starting to pitch at a little bit higher clip, and that's good news because the offense is going to continue to get things going. Jesus Aguilar now waking up a little bit at the plate, three home runs, in this series against the Rockies, which has been great to see. They're going to get Christian Yelich back this weekend, most likely against the Mets. And Mike Moustakis continuing to swing the bat really well right now for the crew also. So here, here are the moves that have been made over the course of the last week or so. Alex Wilson, Jake Petrichka, both were outrighted to San Antonio. Tyler Saladino optioned to San Antonio. Jay Jackson Corbin Burns, Donnie Hart, all back up at the big league club earlier this week. Aaron Wilkerson and Chase Anderson on the 10-day IL. Gio Gonzalez signed a one-year contract with the crew, of course, and made that start Sunday in New York against the Mets. There's been a lot of player movement over the course of the last week. Here's what we learned yesterday as well in terms of Brewers player and pitchers of the month. Of course, that was Christian Yelich. There's really no other options there. Christian Yelich having... Uh, a historic month of April, and you can throw you can throw March into there as well with the, the four games in March against the Cardinals to open up the season. But uh, the Brewers uh, getting tons of production out of their MVP from last year. 353, 14 home runs, and 34 driven in for Christian Yelich. 
Uh, the 14 home runs tied him with Albert Pujols and Alex Rodriguez. And, of course, Cody Bellinger, who also hit 14 home runs this year prior to May 1st. Those are the only four players to ever do that in Major League Baseball history. The 34 RBIs are the third most in franchise history for a calendar month behind Cecil Cooper's 39 that he had in July of 83 and Greg Vaughn's 35 in June of 96. Zach Davies, the pitcher of the month, he went 3-0 with a 1-3-8 ERA over his first six starts of the year. Pretty impressive stuff there uh, from Zach Davies, and the Brewers needed that. They needed Zach Davies to step up and uh, be a, a, an anchor in that rotation, so to speak. Let's listen to the week that was from a highlight standpoint. Anderson's pitch. Fly ball, center field, well struck. Back is Kane, still back. Warning, track wall, jumps. Did he catch it? Yes! Lorenzo Kane! He went up and over that orange line and brought another one back. Holy cow, Lorenzo. Here's the pitch to Thames. Swinging a shot to right. That's down a base hit. One run is in. Braun's going to come in and score. Travis Shaw will be held at third on what will be a two-run double by Eric Thames. Here's the 2-0 pitch, and this is lined back into center field. That's a base hit. Kane around third. He's going to score. Yelich drives in his 32nd run of the season, and the Brewers lead it 9-1. Moustakas again. Line drive, base hit right center field. That's going to plug a gap and run all the way towards the warning track. As Lorenzo Kane is going to score all the way from first base on what will be a double for Mike Moustakas. It's 10-2 Milwaukee. The pitch from Syndergaard. Ground ball right side through a base hit. Yelich scores. Moustakas will be waved around. Here comes the throw from Conforto. It's cut off. Going to third. Shaw, he's out at third. Two runs score on the play to make it 3-0 Milwaukee on a base hit by Eric Thames. And he lines this one deep left field. Racing back is McNeil. He looks up, and Ben Gamble with his first home run as a Brewer. Ben Gamble leaves the yard. He takes center guard deep. And the Brewers lead it 4-1. to one. Yelich hits it in the air, deep right field. Racing back is Conforto. That all changes here. Yelich goes deep, and the Brewers lead it 5-1. to 0-1 on Yelich, the pitch. Chopper, first base side. It is a fair ball. Gamble's coming home. He's going to score. Yelich beats the play at first. It's an infield single. The Brewers had a run at 7-5. Hader throws. Ground ball, first base. Thames has it on the backhand. Flips to Hader. Covering. He's there. The ball game is over. And the Brewers have taken the first two games from the Mets in New York City. Swinging a drive in the center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get up. Get up. against Freeland to dead center. Been waiting on that one a long, long time. The 1-1. Fly ball right field. Has he done it again? Blackman watching. There's two for Jesus. All it took was one good swing, and Aguilar now has a pair of home runs. Marquez at the belt. Kicks and deals. Fly ball deep right center. Aguilar has.
gone deep again. Third home run of the series. And another three-run blast. The pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out, and Junior Guerra has just struck out his sixth man in a row. The side in the seventh, the side here in the eighth. Hayner, here he comes. Hey, struck him out, swinging, and this one is over. Reynolds strikes out, and the Brewers hang on and beat Colorado for the second night. Final tonight, Brewers four, Rockies three. That's what the week has sounded like so far. David Stearns, the architect, if you will, he has been busy, and he, of course, made all those moves I just told you about, sending guys up and down, but also signed Gio Gonzalez, last week and Gonzalez made his first start in 2019 in a Brewers uniform on Sunday against the Mets he pitched well had a chance to sit down with David Stearns before that start to talk about what went into signing Gio Gonzalez let's break it down We're joined by Brewers president of baseball operations and general manager David Stearns David first off Gio Gonzalez gets the ball today uh, you were able to get him under contract earlier this week and probably a little bit of an easy assessment of Gio Gonzalez. It's not like uh, you aren't very familiar with him and you know he's going to fit the clubhouse on top of it. We do. This is this is a player we know very well and uh, we were pleased to be able to acquire him last year when we did. He threw the ball very well for us in September. We gave him the ball in some big spots in October as well. We're happy to have him back. We think he'll slide in uh, perfectly. I know he's been in contact with a lot of the guys in our clubhouse over the course of the offseason throughout the first month of the season. So he'll, he'll fit in fine and Glad to have him on the hill tonight. I know he made comments last year when he came over to Milwaukee about just how incredible he found this clubhouse to be. So there obviously was a strong desire on his part to come back to. I think so. There's, there's a connection there. He fit in very well. He added to the positivity that we generally have throughout our clubhouse. Um, this is a group that's pretty confident. It's a group that believes in itself. And, and Geo fits perfectly into that into that mold. And he's coincidentally had great success here at City Field over the course of his career. Let's talk about this team in general through essentially the first month of the season or so. Some historic offensive numbers, specifically at Miller Park. I think you knew when you put this team together that there was going to be great length in the lineup, and it, it has proven to be that. It's a consistent lineup, and, and we really haven't gotten all of our guys going yet. But to be able to have the type of production to put up some of the crooked numbers we've put up over the course of the first month, it helps. It takes some of the pressure off the pitching staff, allows those guys to settle in a little bit. Uh, so the, the, the run production side of the ball has been, been very nice to see. How pleased have you been with the approach from Eric Thames at the plate? does not seem like he's chasing and he's kind of having the typical Eric Thames April. He's in a great spot right now, and it's, it's so easy to forget that he had a really productive first month and a half of the year last year for us before he hurt his thumb. And so he's really picking up right where he left off when he was getting regular playing time last year. I think in both roles, both as, as the regular, um, as he's gotten a little bit more playing time now, and, and previously when he was coming off the bench and pitch hitting, I think we've seen consistently quality at-bats, consistently quality approaches at the plate. That's what uh, we need from him. When he does that, he's a really effective offensive player, and, and that's what we've gotten so far. 
Chase Anderson's a nice luxury to have as well. You plug him into the rotation last week, and he's performed very well. What have you seen from Chase from last year to this year as he has seemingly taken the ball and, and, and stepped up his game a little bit? It looks more like the 2017 version. Chase is a pro, and uh, he was disappointed that he wasn't in the rotation at a, at a camp, and I understand that. He also came in with the right attitude of, I'm going to embrace this role. I know I'm going to make starts for this team. I know I'm also going to be a really important member of the bullpen. And he's thrown the ball exceptionally well. And I think he's, his mechanics have streamlined a little bit. Um, I know he feels very comfortable with where his mechanics are right now. And we've seen that with the velocity that we've gotten over the course of the first month. So you're right. It is a luxury to be able to plug in someone like that, know that they're going to be able to give you competitive starts, and, and he's done that. I know you keep an eye on things down below in the minor leagues as well. Corbin Burns, four and two-thirds scoreless last night, seven strikeouts. Freddie Peralta made a rehab start last night in Biloxi. And Jimmy Nelson, he and Melissa with the birth of their twins uh, yesterday, he will not... Uh, start for San Antonio for at least a couple of days now, but he's getting close to getting on a mound for the missions. I, I know you're going to be looking at reports from all three of those. Different situations, but what are you looking for from those three? Really, we're, we're looking for all three of those guys to, to make sure they're comfortable. Um, you know, a little bit di different with Jimmy, where he's coming back from a, a significant injury, so health and, and recovery uh, is really what's going to matter there. Um, and With Corbin and Freddie, we're looking for them to, to do what they do well. Um, which is control the strike zone, generate some swing and miss, and we expect both those guys to be able to come back and help us. David, we appreciate it as always. Thanks a lot, Lane. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101. All right, this week on Sabermetrics 101, Craig Council said on Wednesday afternoon that Brandon Woodruff has really pitched better than the numbers might indicate, and he's right. Here's a look inside the numbers on Brandon Woodruff. If you've sat at the game and you've said, this looks better than what the scoreboard's showing when you've watched Brandon Woodruff pitch this year, you're not alone. A lot of people have felt that way. The stuff's big-time stuff. He's getting a lot of swings and misses. You can see that there's the potential to be a really top-line starting pitcher in there with Brandon Woodruff. And here are some of the numbers that would back that up. He has a 27.3% strikeout rate. That is the highest among the Brewers' starters. He's only walking batters at a 7.2% rate. That's the lowest among the Brewers starters if you don't include Gio Gonzalez, who's made one start. Woodruff has a batting average against on balls in play of 381. Now, what does that do? That indicates bad luck. 381 is a high batting average on balls in play. Uh, if that was a hitter, we'd say, hey, he's, he, he's, he's going to have some regression at some point because you're not going to continue to have that kind of success on all the balls that you put in play. So he has a 381 batting average on balls in play against him. And his fielding independent pitching is 359. That's essentially the best on the squad among the starters not named Gio Gonzalez. So all those numbers back up what Craig Council is saying. The numbers indicate that Brandon Woodruff is pitching better than maybe what some of the, the scoreboard results are looking like. Now, hey, at the end of the day, the scoreboard results are all that matter. But this is why you stick with Brandon Woodruff, who is starting to show some signs of really taking it to the next level. I think there's going to be a big reward for the Brewers with Brandon Woodruff before this season's all said and done. He has a chance to put together a very, very good season. That season's already trending in the right direction. And I think there's a lot to be optimistic about with Brandon Woodruff on this week's Sabermetrics 101.
There is a special book that is out right now. It's called Special Brew. So, of course, it's special. And it is a look back at the 2018 Brewers Magical Season, the NL Central title winning it at Wrigley in Game 163. Really special. Brewers, of course, go on. They win the NLDS and lose in Game 7 of the NLCS. Tom Hodricourt wrote the book from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, the foreword written by Christian Yelich, the introduction by Bud Selig. I sat down with Tom Hodricourt this week, and I asked him when did he first start thinking about writing this book to commemorate the 2018 season. Well, well, I uh, talked um, a lot over the winter with uh, Peter Clark from KCI Publishing in Stevens Point. And, and, and first we had to decide if there was a book. You know, will people read a book? on a team that didn't make it to the World Series. The Brewers fell one game short. And we talked about that. And, and it would be easy to write a book about going to the World Series or, or winning the World Series. But we just said, think of where they came from in 2015 when they totally stripped the team down. Think of how unusual that team was last year. You know, to win the last eight games of the regular season and then the first four games of the postseason. I've never seen a 12-game winning streak at that time of year. But just all the individual stories, Eric Kratz, Jesus Aguilar, Josh Hader, Christian Yelich, blossoming into a superstar before our very eyes and we decided it was a story worth telling so i'm there with them every day as the beat writer so we decided i I would be the guy to do it right so we started working on it Um, i wished we would have maybe uh, pushed it a little harder and got it out sooner but that's okay it's uh it's still a good look back at last year's team and most of this year's team are those same players too uh with a few exceptions so um yeah, I just thought it was a, a compelling story, and, and I hope the readers feel the same way. You know, Tom, uh, when I look back on last year, I get asked this a lot, of where did it begin for that 2018 team? And I always tell them, and I want to get your take on it, to, for me, and a lot of people might say 2015 when the, when the teardown kind of began, I, I really feel like for that group, though, the 2016 spring training was really important. Craig Council's first spring training with this group and the foundation they set and the whole togetherness and, right. and, and, and all of those things, it really seemed like it set a culture that has been with this team ever since. And, and really that 2016 team, a lot of people thought it was going to lose 100 games. It went 73 and 89. And then, of course, 2017, 10 games above 500 and right in the mix till the end, it kind of set a it set a precedent that if you if you have good clubhouse culture, the wins are going to come. Right, and, and Craig's theme was stay connected. And, and I write about that a lot. I have a specific chapter about it's okay to have fun. This team really had fun. You know, it, uh, the dugout after home runs sometimes looked like Mardi Gras in there. They were popping streamers and, and everything. But they, I, I do think, and and... and you and I know just in sports in general, the old chicken or egg, what comes first, chemistry or winning, right? What comes first? Well, I, I don't think you have either without the other. Um, maybe the 70 Oakland A's, uh, the Oakland A's of the 70s, maybe they, you know, they were famous for not liking each other but still winning. But I don't think that can work in today's sports, certainly not in today's baseball. And that this group was so unusual that way, especially considering they came from all these different places. It wasn't like they had all come up together in the minor leagues. They were waiver claims. They were trades. Some of them were prospects. Some of them came from other countries. Eric Thames came from Korea. And so, uh, so I just think it was very unusual to get them all together 
in what should have been a total rebuilding, maybe lost in the wilderness situation, and it wasn't that. They came so close to making the playoffs in 17, missed it by one game. I don't think anybody saw that coming. But my my um, first chapter does not have a title. It has a date, uh, January 25th, 2018. I think we all know what happened that day. On the set. Within hours of each other, they acquired Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. And that's what just put them from moving in the right direction to going into the passing lane in the right direction. And those guys just totally transformed the offense. Uh, Yelich just bloomed in our various. Lorenzo Kane, just a solid guy. But, but those are like the finishing pieces that, that got them really going in the right direction. Uh, well, they already had in the right direction. Got them going faster in the right direction. Tom, you and I get a chance to be around the team on a daily basis, and so there's times where you probably feel like there's not much you don't know. Were there things you uncovered writing this book that you were like, I didn't know that. This is interesting. There, there were, and, and I was mostly doing background stuff on guys like Eric Kratz, Aguilar, um, some of the pitchers, Josh Hader. Um, and there were, you know, there were some tough times uh, that they had to go through, too. Remember that series in Pittsburgh before the break when they lost five games? So that was one of the probably the hardest week of the season. So they could have splintered there or galvanized, and I think we saw them galvanize instead. And then, uh, you know, Yelich went out in that first game of the second half against Rich Hill, and the Brewers lost again tonight, but I think he had two doubles and a triple against a really good left-handed pitcher. And then he just never stopped. That, that was they, they lit the fuse on, on the firecracker that night, and, and they just took off. And so um, I, I just think um, the backstory of some of the guys and then just watching these guys develop and win. And, um, you know, game 163, that was extraordinary that day. And uh, to beat the Cubs in Wrigley Field and then party in the visiting clubhouse, I, I just think that's a transformative day in franchise history. Uh, and, and we joked with uh, Jolice Chassin a lot. He said, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of my career, but I, I, was, I was the winning pitcher the day we beat the Cubs in Wrigley in 163. And, I, he, and, and his point was, the, I think the Brewers fans are always going to like me because of that. Christian Yelich wrote the foreword for it, which is really cool and, and really fitting, too. I mean, he yeah. kind of wrote the foreword to the 2018 season in a lot of ways as well. And Bud Selig wrote the introduction. So I begged the publisher to make their names bigger than mine on the cover of the book to see if we could fool people. <laughs> but no, but it was, um, it was, I was very happy to make a donation to California Strong for, to get, uh, for Christian to do the foreword. I felt that you know, he was so big on pushing that initiative that I thought that was the right thing to do. And then Bud Selig and I have known each other for years. He has an autobiography coming out later this year that I was a consultant on. So he agreed to write the introduction. So, yeah, I think that just their perspectives were great. And, um, and it was just, it was, just uh, it was really fun to write. And I hope people think it'll be fun to read. We had a little printing error that pushed back the release by a few weeks, but it is starting to come out right now. And I think uh, if you order it now, you'll get it soon. Best, best way to get your hands on it. Uh, I'm sure Amazon.com and all those different online ways is, is one. Right, Amazon, uh, and you, I think you can even get it at a discount. But I have some uh, a lot of book signings coming up, a Sabre meeting this Saturday, later in the month at Boswell Books, uh, Milwaukee Athletic Club. I'm going to go out to Madison, the UW Bookstore. So, um, so I'll tweet it out, um, follow my tweets, and I'll lead you to the book signings. And, uh, and here's the deal that I've promised every fan. If you get the book and you can't come to an actual book signing, you bring it out here to Miller Park, 
You knock on the press box door. Tell Marty to come get Tom. I'll come and sign your book. That's awesome. Well, Tom, we appreciate it. Congratulations. Uh, it's not your first book, but uh, this, this is one that I know is going to be special for you for a long time. Thanks, Lane. Appreciate that. Checking in on the farm. Down on the farm, we begin in AAA, the San Antonio Missions. They're 15-11 to start their inaugural season in the Pacific Coast League. They lead the American Southern Division currently. It's been a strong position player group and some dominant starting pitching that's led the way for San Antonio. We focus on at the plate, the attention squarely on Brewers' top overall prospect, Keston Hira. The second baseman's now hitting 312, eight home runs, and 18 driven in on the year. He also has nine doubles and currently sports an OPS of 1038. That's incredible. Double A Biloxi, the Shuckers are 13 and 13 to start the season. All four of the Brewers affiliates are at least 500 or better. The Shuckers are 500 at 13 and 13. They are currently in second place in the South Division of the Southern League. They've hit 24 home runs this year. That's the second most in what is a very pitcher friendly league. Right handed pitcher Trey Shupak has been really good on the mound. He's 2-1 and one of the 2.60 ERA through five starts. He's allowed just one home run over 27 and two-thirds innings on the mound. He is a promising young prospect for the Brewers. He's just 22 years of age. Infielder Weston Wilson was named the Southern League Player of the Month for April. He's the Brewers Minor League Player of the Month for April as well. On the season, he's hitting 293. He has six home runs. He's driven in 18. He leads the league in total bases, runs, slugging percentage, and OPS. Class A Advanced Carolina, the Mudcats are 16-11. They featured a couple of promising arms on the mound. Rodrigo Benoit, Andrew Rasmussen have gotten off to really good starts. Benoit's 25 years old, but he's pitching to a .84 ERA over 11 appearances. The only run he's given up was a solo home run. Meanwhile, Rasmussen pitching to a 2.08 ERA over three games at high A, he has consistently hit the high 90s with his fastball. He was a big prospect at Oregon State. He was the 31st overall pick by Tampa Bay in 2017. He chose not to sign, went back to Oregon State, ended up having surgery that fall, and uh, it was Tommy John surgery. So he missed the 2018 season. The Brewers then drafted him in the sixth round of the 2018 June draft, and it looks like the crew has a steal on their hands. This is a first-round talent right now, and he's performing like it for the Brewers. Right-handed pitcher Noah Zavolis is 1-1 one one of the 2-6-7 ERA in five starts. He's tossed 27 innings. He struck out 26. He was, of course, acquired in the Ben Gamble-Domingo-Santana trade with Seattle back in December. Both of the young catchers on the roster in Carolina have impressed at the plate. Mario Feliciano hitting 271, four home runs, 14 driven in for Mario. Peyton Henry who, of course, won the Rawlings Gold Glove last year for minor league baseball behind the plate. He's hitting 273 with five home runs. He's driven in 22. Class A Wisconsin is 12-12 and 12, uh, in the Midwest League. Wisconsin has 2018 first-round draft pick Bryce Terang on the roster, and he's gotten off to a really good start in his first full professional season. The 19-year-old's hitting 309, six doubles, a triple. He has the same amount of walks as he does strikeouts, 17, and he just recently had a 13-game hitting streak snapped. He's also stolen five bases. He's flashed the leather. The shortstop has committed just two errors in 20 
three games. Right-handed pitcher Max Lazar, an 11th-round pick in the 2017 June draft. He's been really good on the hill for the Timber Rattlers. He was the Brewers minor league pitcher of the month. He's just 19 years old. He's 1-0 with a 1-4-0 ERA over 19 and two-thirds innings. He has retired 28 via the strikeout, and opponents are hitting just 197 against him. That's a look around the farm. Now let's check in on what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. All right, here is what is on tap for the crew. Of course, after this homestand, they go out on a 12-day road trip, and then they come home, and it's going to be a five-game homestand at Miller Park starting May 21st. The Reds coming to town Tuesday and Wednesday. That's Tuesday night at 640, Wednesday afternoon at 1210. And then the Phillies coming to town for a weekend series. Friday, 710. That's a five-county Friday. Saturday's the 610 start. That is the kickoff to summer. There's a post-game concert by Flo Rida. Hey, that's going to be fun. Brewer sunglasses with purchase of special ticket package as well on Saturday night. And then the 26th, that's a 110 start. Dollar Dog Day. Dollar hot dogs available throughout the game. To book your tickets, visit brewers.com slash tickets. That is going to do it for us in this week's edition of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you next week as the crew gets ready to embark on a road trip. I'm Lane Grindle.